Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes checking in here on a Thursday morning. Ready to talk some MMA for the next hour or so as we discuss the latest news in mixed martial arts. And, of course, we talk about these fights that are coming up on uh, Friday and Saturday. We got PFL. It's week two of the regular season. And we got UFC 287. That's Saturday. PFL is on Friday. UFC is on Saturday. PFL has the women's featherweight on display as well as the men's heavyweight. So two divisions where the fighters will be trying to rack up points in their first regular season uh, encounter. And for the UFC 287, of course, we have a title fight with Alex Fajeda and Israel Adesanya at the top of the bill. Gilbert Burns, Jorge Mazadal in the co-main event. So two solid cards back-to-back should be fun. And, of course, we'll pick up the pieces, all the little nuggets that are taking place these last few days. We'll discuss that. We'll be right back to start the show. Nugget number one goes, did you hear about that little brouhaha at the hotel between Kevin Holland and Jorge Mazadal? We got to start getting Airbnbs or something for Kevin Holland, right? He, he gets mm-hmm. out of his mind at hotels, picking fights with everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw a video that shows them arguing back and forth, shouting at each other, but I didn't see any fights. I didn't see any pushing and shoving, which is probably for the best. We definitely don't want to mess up anything leading into the card. But a good shove never hurt anyone. But, uh, yeah, Kevin Holland's usually at the center. And it's not like Jorge Masvidal is a stranger to these situations either. I can't get why these two might not like each other. Do you know if there's a backstory to this or anything? I tried to look. Uh, I wasn't you know, too overwhelmed by it. I got to know. I got to know. I, I just never known anything between these two cats. Yeah. Kevin Holland, like even what they were saying in the video was kind of hard to, to figure out, but it was, it sounded like a lot of you said this, blah, blah, blah. But you know, when you think about Jorge Masvidal, when does he not show up in a fight? Like he, he's always there. He's always somewhat in the fight. He's dangerous. But how many distractions do you need going into a big fight? Like, you had your game-bred boxing, which I don't care what he says, man. Like, no matter how prepared you are, those types of things just put stress on you. And, you you know, now that that's over, it should be all about Gilbert Burns. And, and I know it's tough when somebody's getting in your face to just walk away. But um, especially when you're talking about this could be your last fight, like, and you just want all your focus on Gilbert Burns right now. Like Kevin Holland, that fight doesn't even really make sense for me. Um, I mean, whatever beefs they have, I don't know, it's just silly. I, I, 
I didn't really like that too much. Yeah. Well, Holland has Fontenebio. Mazadal has Burns. All this is taking place at 170. Could they dance in the future? Sure. But um, I think Mazadal's got bigger fish to fry on Saturday for starters. And if he wins that fight, you know, for sure after that, there's big possibilities, including a title fight, even though we know the UFC's kind of really warmed up to Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. I still feel like you never know until it's all said and done. And we got to get through this weekend, which, by the way, I think that's all we were asking for as media and fans. Why didn't we get through this weekend before you made that announcement? Um, I feel like that's what the UFC's done in the past. It hasn't been this slam dunk where just because you're the alternate a few weeks before, you're automatically in, you know anointed next. Has it happened? Sure. I remember Michael Chandler when he first signed for the UFC. The first thing he did was go to Abu Dhabi, and he was a, an insurance policy. He was a backup fighter. But if you recall, after that, he had to fight Dan Hooker. He didn't just automatically get a shot at Habib. You know, yeah. Sergey Pavlovich, he weighed in the other day uh, when Cyril Gon and John Jones fought. Nobody said, hey, 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 John, what are you talking about? Why are you talking about Steve Miocic? It's, it's Pavlovich. You know, no, no one said that either. It's like there was possibilities that existed, and that was that. And then what they, whatever they come back to, cool. You know, they want to call him the front runner, sure. But I still felt like this weekend was big enough that you could wait till this weekend and then decide what was next. For the UFC to be so like adamant about it, it just makes you think. That's all. You know, the, I know I, I hear where you're coming from. With you, just never know. But holy shit, man, this this particular situation, I know you can't put anything past Dana White, but I, I just feel like there's something we don't know or, or something, but I just feel like Colby's locked in. Yeah, and, and Jorge's even saying, how can this guy fight when he's suing me for a brain injury? If he has a brain injury, then how are you going to let him fight? Is, he, is that cleared? What's the deal? You know, like... Mm-hmm. He also said he's got a restraining order and he can't get within 100 feet of him. Jorge can't, you know. So apparently that's still ongoing. There was a rumor that maybe all this behind the scenes was at least cleared up. And in the process, that gave Colby the ability to jump ahead of, jump ahead of the queue. Who knows? Um, you know, Jorge's coming off a three-fight loss. I mean, he's still he's still to fight, but he's coming off three straight losses right now. I totally get that, but I have seen the UFC do this over and over. It doesn't matter if you're coming off a loss or two losses or three losses. If it fits, they will make it happen, and they tend to make a business decision at that point. So that's what Jorge Masvidal has become. He's a business decision. Aside from Conor McGregor, I believe it's Jorge Masvidal that can sell the most pay-per-views for that company. Um, whatever. Let's just, we'll get to the fights on Saturday, see what happens. If 
Masvidal doesn't win, I guess it don't matter. Who knows? Masvidal even said he might be done with the sport. Who knows? Do you believe that? I don't. I don't believe that. I think, yeah. uh, especially like, because really, like, come on, man. Like, no disrespect to, to Leon Edwards, but how long is that guy gonna reign? Eventually, he's gonna get a loss. And when he gets a loss, that's a it's a huge fight. It's a really, really big fight. And then even this, Kevin Holland, like, if, if you just need some filler time or something, that's another dude you could scrap with. So, I mean, uh, I, I'm, I always use this example, but guys like Dan Henderson that put in so much time where he wasn't making big paydays, um, I think you just keep going in your career because you're, you're chasing those days. You're trying to make up for those days. And that time is precious, you know, and I think Jorge Masvidal can capitalize on a few more paychecks on the way out. You know, it's not like he's getting battered or anything like that. I would say, like, stick around a little bit more, man. Um, you could, you can really, really make some good money, and especially if if this game bread boxing, whatever, if it starts to pick up, you know, that, that money can come in handy. So I, I, I don't think he's going to retire. I think he's just kind of throwing that out there. Yeah, I think more than anything, he's done as a title contender if he loses for sure. That's four in a row in a deep division. Even with the three-piece Minnesota against the current champ, it's tough to get in there. It's tough to get in there now. Imagine if he were to lose Saturday. It'd really, really be difficult. I totally, totally understand. However, um, the only thing I can think of is our fighter's health. Is this guy waking up with headaches from the Kamaru Uzman knockout a year, you know, a couple of years back. Um, has he never been the same? I don't know. He's fought since then, and he's fighting on Saturday, so he must be okay to get through the camp and do all this. So that that's not an issue. I think more than anything, he just meant as far as title aspirations. Mm, maybe maybe his contract takes this dip. You know, hey, you're the pay per view pay per view guy. As long as you don't lose four in a row. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just making shit up. Maybe Jorge knows that his next payday won't be as big, and then it's not worth it to get up and run after sleeping in silk pajamas, in silk sheets. Who knows? But um, he definitely does have options. Sounds like he's done well with other businesses that he has, and maybe he can just justify no longer having to do this, this grind. Um, and at that point, get into that whole celebrity boxing world where he could really, really fit in. And now you don't have to train wrestling and jujitsu and judo. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The more, the more if it, uh, stuff you have to put yourself to, to, to get yourself ready for an MMA fight. That's all I can think of. Yeah. It's just an easier, easier life down the road, but we'll see. Maybe no USADA. Maybe that appeals to him. I'm not, I'm not accusing him of anything, but, I'm just saying, as you get older, you know. Oh, no. Like, even if you're 100% clean, there's got to be an appeal to not being woken up, you know, at 6 a.m. and not having to put in a nap where you're going and all that stuff. That's got to get old, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Game-bred boxing has maybe taught him a few things. You know, he probably knows exactly how much, what kind of checks he wrote out. He knows that could have been me instead of Anthony Pettis versus Roy Jones. You know, like, yeah. Um, there's there's a lot he knows that we don't. So, but again, I take it as this is my last run as a title contender. If I lose, I don't think he retires. Yeah. Um, 
And as far as the Holland stuff, it's all on Junkie if you want to check it out. It, it just didn't lead to much of a fight, but uh, I, I usually like that kind of drama. I was looking for it. I was hunting for it. I didn't get rewarded with not even a shove. Just a bunch of verbal warfare. Yeah. Whatever. No big deal. Um, Goes and I will be hosting a watch-along on Saturday. UFC flyweight O'Day Osborne will join us for that watch-along. Check it out. 8 p.m. Pacific. Sorry, Eastern. 5 Pacific. That's for the four fights on the prelims that are free, obviously. The fights are on ESPN, by the way, the prelims. That includes Calvin Gastelum and Chris Curtis, Luana Pinedo versus Michelle Watterson, Chase Sherman versus Carl Williams, Gerald Mearshart versus Joe Pfeiffer. The early prelims are on ESPN Plus, Cynthia Calvillo versus Luffy Godinez, Ignacio Bajamundes versus Trey Ogden, Steve Garcia versus Shailen Nerdenbecki, Jacqueline Amorin versus Sam Hughes. Then, of course, the pay-per-view, only available through the ESPN Plus uh, app, and that's the only way you can watch the pay-per-view. And if you decide you want to get it, hey, watch along with us like you have those other four fights. And if not, just tune in, and we'll tell you exactly what's happening. Uh, we'll, card. we'll have a preview show, too, with Farah Hanun. Mm-hmm. Raul Rosas versus Christian Rodriguez. Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzinibbio, Adrian Yanez versus Rob Font, Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal, and Alex Fajeda versus Israel Adesanya. That's your main card, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. I mean, it should really be a fun night of fights. All right. So, aside from that, you know, I'm looking at the news and there really isn't much of a update on WWE and UFC. You know, that, that announcement was made early. It started coming out this past weekend and then, you know, a little bit um, on Monday it became official. But I still don't think we really have much of a blueprint of what's going to happen. Dana White, UFC president, said this is going to be huge for both parties. However, he, he was pretty clear to say the stuff that you see up front is kind of like going to stay the same. You know, mm-hmm. we're successful in what we do and, and that's just, it's it's going to be, um, it's going to be no change to, I guess, like the consumer. Quote, I'm sure better deals will be made with the arenas. Alliances will be made, deals and alliances and sponsorship. The list goes on and on. The business side. Is where you're really going to see the big difference. As far as performance and what we do, you'll never see a difference in that. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I wish. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I want out of this. Goes. I guess that's what I wanted to ask you. What do you want out of this? I know the easy, the layup answer is more money for the fighters. Um, and hopefully it does mean that, but I'm still holding my breath. I'm not sure if that's going to actually arrive, you know, because it, it is. I, for me, I think it's a little premature. I mean, he's got to say something. So I, and that's one thing I've always respected about Dana White 
because he'll always say something. Um, but you know, as this process starts to work out, I think he's just going to start, they're going to pick up on some things and, um, they're going to learn the same way any, any other merger happens with companies. And so I think one thing that, that I want out of this, yeah, you're right. Money's, money's a big deal, but, um, man, I think if Dana, I can just sit there during something like a WrestleMania, one of them big events, and you just hear that pop that the crowd has for certain things. I'm not saying BWWE theatrics wise, but maybe it could be talked into a ramp or something, or just a little bit more of of uh, something that makes the fighters stick out when they walk out. You know, you, mm-hmm. you they got to wear the same shit. We know that we're not going to get around that, but it doesn't mean that other things can't be built around them. Right. If there's a big projection screen in the back or something, you know, mm-hmm. something to give them some kind of identity. You never know. Things like that might rub off on on the UFC from WWE. Right. Mm-hmm. And then for uh, WWE. <clears throat> well, hell, you know, like if you're if you're a fighter that that may be on their way out and, you know, Jorge Masvidal, he's done AEW before he's been parts of their skits. Maybe they get the itch and they go that way, right? And and that's what stops them from going to do celebrity boxing and get knocked out by Jake Paul, which I'm sure uh, Dana White probably hates every time somebody says a former UFC champion was knocked out by a YouTuber. Well, maybe that kind of curbs that a little bit. So I, I do think that they are going to have somewhat of an effect on each other. Maybe not right away. But it's got to happen. It's just they're they're two really they're titans in their industry, and they're going to learn from each other. Yeah, I would hope that they do. And I I imagine they'll still see themselves as rivals, but at the same time, I mean, look at these numbers. This is one quote that came out of Dana White's mouth. I mean, he said it goes, it's out there. There's no, like, if you do the math or if you look at the financials. No, this is it. Look, there are, quote, there are a lot of great things that can help with WWE. With the help, uh, we can help WWE with to help their business grow. There are a lot of things because when you look at Endeavor and what the UFC has done together, we sold for $4.025 billion. Now the company is worth $12.03 billion. He said it himself. That's triple. The, the company's gone up triple in value. I wonder how the Fortitas feel, by the way. They just sold too early. They got their money, and they're billionaires, and they're filthy rich. But holy cow, if they had hung on to it a little bit longer, <laughs> you know, um, I'm just, my mind is boggled by that. And... um and he's putting it out there, you know, the the company is worth that much. Like there every weekend I'm bitching about the bonuses. Why didn't every finisher get a bonus? You did it last week. Why don't you do it this week? I mean, I would like to see something that rewards the company because of when you triple the value of of, of a business. You know, I believe some of it should go back to the people that are, that made that happen. Even your own business employee, even the people that work in that building, man. A shout out to them. A shout out to the fighters. 
I hope they all get there somehow, man, because this is an incredible success story. Yeah, that's one thing that, I mean, you know, you let off with it, but that that's probably the main thing is, and, and that's another thing, like, how do they not have that effect? Like, it's got to bring them closer. They have to have conversations, and fighters have to realize, wait a minute, how the hell is this dude getting paid more to pretend to be fighting when I'm over here risking my life. And I think that those conversations are going to happen, man. And who knows how much of a wake up call it's going to be. But, you know, I was just thinking about this the other day, George, like in the last couple of days, we've had to go to PFL. We've had to go to BKFC. Um, You know, Bellator was a stone throw away. These organizations, maybe not Bellator, but PFL, when that first started, I mean, how many people said, these guys aren't going to be around a, lo- a long time? Look at how much they're paying. We've seen this happen before, right? And when we say the same thing about BKFC, and they're still around. And you could arguably say that both of them are growing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Later on today, we're going to be interviewing Demetrius Johnson. Like, one championship, despite everything people say, is still going. These fighters have options now. When you throw in these crazy, like, uh, you know, game bread boxing and thriller and all that stuff. Like, they're starting to have some options outside of the UFC, and I, I'm wondering what kind of effect this is really starting to have. Like, another person we're going to be interviewing soon, Shane Burgos. Right, that's a guy that could still be in the UFC and still be successful, and he's a little different, right? Because usually when we see these names arrive in these other organizations. And Eddie Alvarez, right, where people say, okay, well, he's at the end of his career. Um, in this particular case, um, you got a guy that's in his prime. You know, you don't see the UFC lose that type of athlete. So it's going to be interesting, man. Money talk, all the options that these guys have out there. The UFC is going to have to pivot in some way. We just don't know what that's going to be. Yeah. The UFC is, it's a juggernaut. It it really, it's in this strong position of leverage where it just, like I say, they, they don't need to negotiate if they don't want to. It, look at look at the recipe. It works. From, what it, from where it started to what it became to what it is now to what it's become even, even after the Zufa era is just bonkers to me. And mm-hmm. along the way, you know, they did it even while some of their biggest stars either didn't fight for their own reasons or couldn't fight injuries, retirements. It didn't matter. The, 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 it, it kept going. And, um, and this year is honestly going to be a big year with the return of John Jones, probably the return of Conor McGregor, you know, the ultimate fighter is at least going to feature Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. And it, if they cultivate new stars, you know, sky's the limit for them. But um, they hold a tremendous amount of leverage. And again, the fighters can get a piece of that pie, but they're going to have to do it together. And if they don't do it together, they don't stand much of a chance. And I don't think there's much of a chance of them to do it, do it together because we have, you're talking about a worldwide roster of fighters uh, that, thinks so differently and the ufc knows this that's why dana white's been so brazen in the past and he said hey if they want to get together let them get together you know like 
He knows it's just not going to happen. When you're at the point right now, when you're Alex Fajeda and you're about to get pay-per-view points because Jorge Masvidal's on your card, do you think now's the time where you go, you know what, I'll sit out with you guys. Sure, let's make a statement. Let's strike, you know. Hell no. Algerman Sterling, he's got a big fight coming up. I don't see him doing that either because this is his time. He's got that neck injury that's always been out there. He's got the torn bicep. They know what it's like. You got to capitalize at this moment when you get those favorite points when you're at the top. Henry Cejudo, he's coming out of retirement. He's not going to, he's already sat out three years. Why is he going to sit out more? It's just not going to happen. And because of that, like I say, it's in the, the USC is, has uh, a business along along the lines of what a cartel is. You can manufacture this little seed, this little powder out in the jungle for uh-huh. really cheap, cheap labor. And then as it gets closer and closer and closer to being consumed by North Americans and Europeans, boom, the price is out of control, you know? Um, and it's all legal. <laughs> Whereas the cartel does stuff that's illegal. But anyway, um, Another thing that I thought kind of got swept under the rug, but I think it's big. And again, UFC, I don't want to sound like a hater. On the one hand, congratulations. I I shake your hand and I applaud you, but by the fucking way, you, have you seen they got the curvature on the new gloves? No, the I didn't see that. Feature the curvature that Everlast made famous back in the Bjorn Revney days at Bellator. And it proved that it could lower the amount of eye pokes because of that slight curvature. Um, Everlast did that years ago, at least probably a decade. That's why there's way less eye pokes in Bellator than in the UFC. Gilbert Burns was showing that off on a video I saw earlier. It's here, but what took so long? I mean, seriously, um, that little curvature is going to make a difference. And I think you guys are going to be seeing lights. I folks. So a shout out to UFC and Venom um, for making this happen. Yeah, I mean that's was kind of a no brainer. Um, I'm shocked that it did take that long. And who knows, man? Who knows what other uh, things are still in, in store for the sport? I went uh, last night to watch a movie. Well, I guess I could say um, Air with mm-hmm. John Orlando. And it was a trip going back to the 80s and just watching and just seeing like how much basketball has evolved. You know, like mm-hmm. basketball, even if you start in the 80s, you still have a, a a big amount of time for that sport to evolve to get to the 80s. And then after the 80s, it still evolved so much to what it is today. So like the UFC, uh, despite 30 years, I think things are still going to be happening, you know, inventions. You see how much the training has changed. Um, you know, it took 30 years to figure out don't jump on a box, you know, do silly things or the ropes. By the way, that dude said, uh, shout out, said hi last night. Um, what but yeah, your physical therapist. Oh, okay, cool. He was there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I need to get back in there and see him. I got an assortment of things to fucking sort out. That's for sure. Um, a, a couple of big things here before we go. 
Terrence Crawford versus Earl Spence Jr. Goes. How long has that been in the making? I hope it's not too late, man. Two of the best fighters on anybody's pound-for-pound list, welterweight, super welterweight list, finally going to dance on June 17th. Yeah, I mean, it's it's delayed to the point where it upsets you, but not to the point where it's like Manny and Floyd. You know what I mean? It's like in the middle of that. So, dude, I'm down. I mean, that's going to be a hell of a scrap. Two undefeated fighters at the top of the game. Crawford 39-0 with 30 KOs. Spence 28-0 with 22 KOs. I know Spence had that automobile accident, you know, there, mm-hmm. and then there's COVID, and then there's been a, a sort of reasons, but this fight literally could have happened three, four years ago, and now it's finally going to go down. Apparently, when Gervonta Davis and Ryan Garcia battle it out here in Las Vegas on April 22, there's going to be a more formal announcement, but those are the leaks, and they seem to be pretty strong, strong enough that our friends at Boxing Junkie put it out, so I wanted to give them uh, a shout-out. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez, targeted for UFC 290 in July. Okay, um, makes sense. Interim versus undisputed, they're going to unify. And I know Volkanovsky really wants another crack at Makashev, but in the meantime, you are responsible for a division. And so he's getting back to it. He's going to fight Yair Rodriguez. This one will not take place in Las Vegas because, as we all know, UFC 290 in July, that is International Fight Week. So July 8th um, is when that fight will take place. Uh, these are initial reports from Fox Sports and Ariel Hawani. Um, the promotion is yet to make the official announcement, but we have been hearing it from strong sources like those, and that's why we are putting it out there. Where this fight will not be taking place is Mexico. There's a rumor that the UFC will go to Mexico and that they would obviously want to go with their Mexican stars or Mexican champions. But they still have Alexa Grasso and Brandon Marino, if that is the case. This at least gets things going in that featherweight division. And and then, of course, uh, we'll see what comes out of it. I'm not opposed to Volkanovski versus Makashev because it was such a great fight. But, you know, to be fair, we got a lot of killers at 55. Makashev should be defending against 55ers, not 45ers looking for... To become champ, champ. That that just happened. Okay, but Makashev needs to defend against fifty fighters. You know, the the just like he chased his way to become a champion. There's others that have that same dream. They want to get a shot at the champion. So mind your divisions for a while, and then if you have the opportunity to have a super fight in the future, okay. I'm such a dork because I can't think of anybody that was more against that fight. When it happened, but now that it's happened, I do want to see them fight again. It's just, it doesn't make sense. I don't know why they fed us that because now it just makes total bullshit to make them fight again, but I'm dying to see, see that scrap again. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, it was epic, man. It was up for fight of the year. Ray Mm -hmm. Seppo is saying that conversations are going good in terms of, him or sorry, his promotion, which is the PFL, and Francis Ngannou may be doing some business. Um, BKFC president David Feldman almost made it sound like that ship was sailed in terms of getting Francis over to BKFC. 
but Ray Steffo's kind of given uh, a little bit of a different feel. What do you think now that we've talked about him a little bit? We even talked to the American Gangster. Um, you know, we got these boxers out there that have teased fights. And um, have you have you changed course? Have you changed your mind? What where you think eventually this big man lands, the baddest man on the planet? I think uh, there's no organization that's going to pay him more than the UFC if it's mm-hmm. MMA. So really the only thing that's left that, that can make him more money is going to be boxing. And I don't think that that ship has sailed. Uh, I get where Chael's coming from. I just think he's a little too dramatic about it. Um, you put him up against the right guy in boxing and, and people are going to want to watch it and he'll still get paid. And even if it's significantly less than what he thought, it's still going to be more than what he probably would have made in the UFC. But uh, time is money. That's the problem for me. And he's losing time right now. Sefo wants him to be in the regular season, but he understands that Nganu probably would be more of like a Kayla Harrison wanting to be part of their pay-per-view series. A key mm-hmm. fight here with the option to fill box. We know that his independence, his freedom means a lot to him, and Sefo does seem to be warm. And again, he says things are positive right now. So that's the update there. Um, like I told the American Gangster, we've seen the UFC buttheads with a lot of big stars back in the day. This one feels a little different, or Dana makes it sound like he's yesterday's news. But um, I still feel like he can change his mind, you know, if he has to. Um, unless it's super, super personal in any way, which I don't think it is because I don't think Francis ever makes it that way. Uh, I think Dana can figure out a way to make this, you know, make this fight happen, make money for his company while pleasing the fans. Him and versus Jones at Allegiant Stadium, it's just, it's too much of a slam dunk, in my opinion, for it to not happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be huge. Now, I understand that Dana's going to say, okay, look, look, it's not like I hate the fight. It's not like the venue. I can't make it happen. It's just if Francis wins, this guy's got to stay. He's got to stay as my champion and keep defending. He can't go out and box. So I think what Dana needs is for Francis to scratch that itch and go box. Go get that big bag that apparently you've been waiting for. Usyk mm-hmm. versus Fury fell through. Um, I still haven't heard anything about you know Deontay Wilder or, or what 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 might happen there. But I just think. One big boxing match needs to happen, and Ganu needs to get his payday. And then after that, the MMA promotions will be like, okay, let's talk. Right. And he might look at, you know, that might change all those negotiations. He might look at it differently. Like, what if he goes to boxing and gets completely mopped up? Right? So, I mean, you never know what his frame of mind will be coming out of boxing. Yeah. So, tomorrow's weigh-in day for UFC 287. And we don't expect any changes to the card, even though there was a brouhaha in the lobby of the hotel in Miami between Kevin Holland and Jorge Masvidal. Right away, people started joking around. Oh, you know, expect changes now. This guy's going to fight this guy. This guy's going to fight that guy. I think we all had a good little chuckle, but I think everything is going to go as planned. Uh, 
And again, Ghost and I will be hosting a watch along on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific for the four fights on the prelim. Then the pay-per-view is at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You want to be with us, hang out with us so we can all watch the fights together. We normally have a lot of good picks for you to make as we get our gamble on together. So should be a good time. I'll definitely have all of my sources, picks, all the sharps that I connect with, and I'll put it together so that we can come up with good unified picks. Even sometimes they may disagree and or whatever, but I still feel like we give you guys some really good info that comes from the sharpest minds in the business, like a Dan Tom, who obsesses over um, a lot of the footage that's out there, gives you a good idea of what to expect going into fights. Getting it right or wrong is something you just can't control with four-ounce gloves, but at least knowing that a fight is headed in a certain direction and there's advantages to this fighter, we know that, and we'll give you that. Um, PFL goes, you know, I will be looking forward to it, but I really want them to take advantage of the platform of being on ESPN last week, ESPN 2 this week, and just bring it, you know what I mean? Um, I think last week could have been a little bit bigger, personally. I know they were going up against WrestleMania and March Madness and NHL, NBA winding down and MLB starting off their season. Uh, but that's just the way sports is, man. But when you have a chance to be on one of those two big channels, hopefully the fighters realize that, bring it, and take advantage of it uh, because you can easily get lost in the shuffle is all I got to say. Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, and there's so much on, on the line. You'd, you'd think week one, you really just want to establish everything and get on the right track because you don't want to be fighting from behind, right? You want to get as many points as you can in the PFL. Yeah. I think the last thing I want to say is this. This is what I would tell a fighter. If you're too lazy to do it, hire somebody to look at the last five years of the world of boxing and cherry pick fights outside of your Canelo Alvarez, outside of your Tyson Fury, you know, look at guys like Ryan Garcia, I suppose, or whoever. And, and, and find the commissions that share their salaries. And then ask yourself, did you probably have just as tough of a training camp as that fighter. I would say you probably had a tougher training camp than that boxer. Mm -hmm. No disrespect to the boxer and their training camp. I'm sure it was tough. I'm sure you got up and ran five miles a day at high altitudes for eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it took. You got some sparring in, all that. Well, so did the MMA fighters. And But I guarantee you, your camp was just as tough, maybe even tougher, because it was just more to do. And then compare your pay, your 40 and 40, your 80 and 80, and see if it matches up with some of what some of those boxers are doing. Stand up for yourself is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. These boxers have a value, and they get it. And a lot of them, like I say, do just what you do. Wake up early and 
you know, nourish their body with healthy food. They have a certain calorie deficit as the fight gets closer, and then they go out there and, and perform. And you know, the money, the the money's out there with this deal with WWE. You can see that this company is worth a lot of money. And so now you gotta figure out A, I gotta win, and two, I gotta matter. If I matter, these guys will promote me, you know, like Raul Rosas Jr. Holy cow, what an opportunity, man. Kelvin Gastelum and Chris Curtis are gonna open, they're gonna jerk the curtain for that guy. And mm-hmm. hopefully he goes out there, does his thing, and then shines as well. You gotta put the work into it. Because I'm telling you, the minute you lose Raul Rosas Jr., Rojas Jr., you're not gonna be on a pay-per-view, you, you know. So um you gotta make every walk count and make yourself appeal to your fan base. Um solid. Yeah. All right, girls, let's bow on out of here. Thank you so much to everybody for tuning in. This is episode 3,350, a nice little round number. Next week, it will be our 16-year anniversary. So we're pretty proud of those two as we continue on our journey here of the MMA Junkie Radio Show, being with you, delivering a top-quality show for the last 16 years. And we appreciate all of you that tune in. Uh, Also appreciate all the messages that I've been getting lately or what happened to me this past week. But as you can see, it didn't stop me. We're here to do the job. And uh, we're going to continue as always because we love doing the job. All right, folks, go out and be a champion. We'll see you on Saturday for the UFC 287. Watch along. Take care. Go out and be a champion.